Who should be held accountable for the deaths of 77 people in an inner city building in Johannesburg? While the families are mourning, politicians are pointing fingers at each other and NGOs. Somebody with very strong views is the president of a new political party, Rise SA. We welcome Mpo Degada. Welcome. Thank you so much and thank you so much for having me. What do you believe is behind the crisis with city slums? I think first and foremost, we must look at the country and its political landscape and really see it for what it is. And I think the big thing that we're all beginning to realize is that we have leaders that are not capable of thinking properly. We have thieves as leaders, people that are trying to enrich themselves, people that are trying to be as corrupt as possible to feed themselves and their families. And as a result of that, they are letting the whole country down. And we see this in municipalities, we see this in districts, we see this at provincial level and national level, where people get into government. And when they get into government, theirs is just to steal and to steal more. And this has become a very big issue that we see in all government spheres of South Africa. And that's the reason why we as young people, educated, prepared, and ready to implement solutions, we came together and said, we can't just sit down and let this continue. We must do something. And that's what we did. We started Arise South Africa as a political party to go into the sphere of politics and to bring in proper governance within government. Well, you've been on the ground in Johannesburg. What can you tell us? So one thing for sure is that what we see on paper, what the media is reporting, and what we hear on the ground are two different scenarios. I went on and I shot a video where I explained that the things happening in Johannesburg are simply put crime, criminal syndicates, people that actually hijack these buildings. Now, the hijack term is a term that, you know, people don't really look at it for what it is. It does not mean that the South African police force and government are unable to actually get rid of these problems. It means that NGOs are registered that claim these buildings, that actually get these buildings. And the process is quite dubious. What usually happens is, you know, the city or, or people within the city try and actually get owners out of their buildings. And how they do that is by, you know, dubious tax uh, um, um, reports, dubious reports where they, they, they go in and they actually report on rates and taxes for the city where they inflate amounts, where they go in and break things, they break systems, they make sure that the owners of these buildings are frustrated to the point of no return, where they themselves then just, you know, disengage in the buildings. And what they do is they bring them back into the city and they give them to an NGO. Now, as they give them to these NGOs, these same NGOs then go and claim that the building has been hijacked by some criminal who they don't know who it is, Usually they hide behind saying it's a foreigner. Usually they say it's a Nigerian. And what that basically means is that these new people that collect rent, they begin to put people in and they inform these people, listen, you don't need to sign a contract, go into the building and we'll collect rental from you. The rentals are this amount and every month we'll come and collect rental. If we don't give us rent, we'll kick you out. Because remember, it's an illegal syndicate after all. And what they do with these rentals is they begin to split these rentals among themselves. In one of these buildings, the calculations came up to 5 million rand in rentals that they accumulate in cash. And they split it amongst the politicians. They split it amongst these criminal syndicates that work. And they continue to do this. And what they do is they use NGOs as a front. They go to court as a front to say, 
But hold on, the building is filled with gender-based violence victims. The building is a shelter for people that don't have any homes. And the court believes this because on paper, that's what's written. But behind the scenes, that's exactly not what's happening. Behind the scenes, it's an actual criminal syndicate that's got people inside there that are paying rental and things continue to function as though this building is legitimate when it's not legitimate. And this is happening in over 100 buildings in the city of Johannesburg. And what usually happens is all these city officials are in on it, big people are in on it, and the syndicate just continues to happen with nothing actually happening. So when we got to the ground, we realized that the situation is much deeper than what you know the layman of the street is able to see. So which city officials are responsible for registering these fake NGOs? So the whole syndicate is done in a way that, you know, you and I on this level, we will not be able to figure it out. You have to go on the ground and ask people that are living in those buildings. And first question that we asked is, do you pay rent? And most of them said, yes, we do pay rent. Said, who do you pay rent to? And they said, every single month, somebody is sent to come and collect the rental. And when they come and collect the rental, we're notified that this is the person who collects the rental and we give the rental over to them. When we try and look at what NGOs were given, that's another big problem that we have. The city does not want to give out information to the public. And we've often said that any city should be transparent to the people to say, if any building is going to be given for anything like an NGO or such, it should be transparent. People should be able to see who these buildings go to. We're told they're given to an NGO that's run by different people. We're told that it's given to a different cooperative that's run by different people. We're told these words that, you know, are sort of cover-ups for who's actually behind it. But even when you dig further as to the people that are actually given, remember their role is all to say, we know nothing as an NGO because we've been hijacked. By who? They don't know. When? They don't know. All they know is that they've been hijacked. But yet every single month rental is taken from the people that live in these buildings. Can you give us the names of any of these NGOs? So when it comes to that work, we've tried our best to find that information. There are people that are giving us that information. However, we don't believe that that should be the, the, the duty of us as citizens. Because the big problem comes when you ask yourself, and we're a new political party. What we're trying to do is we're trying to expose this so that you know people can be aware of what type of officials they've put into government in the city of Johannesburg. Our biggest prerogative is to make sure that people are aware that in the city of Johannesburg and in the province of Gauteng, the parties they've elected continue to allow this to happen. Because this is not only information that's available to, to the layman on the street. This is information that some of them even know. These are syndicates that some of them even know. We had a, 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 a ward councillor who sent us an email and said, I don't want to be exposed to my identity, but I tried to stop this in the city of Johannesburg. And she said when she tried to stop it, her house was robbed. They came into her house. They robbed her and threatened her. She immediately resigned as a council in the city and she stopped raising alarms about this. And she reached out to us to say, we know this is happening, this is true, but these syndicates continue to attack us. And as a result of that, we don't want to speak or we don't want to come out to the media and talk. And that's the reason why we as Arise South Africa, we felt that it's important that we actually set our lives aside and take the risk and actually come out and say the truth. Because we believe that if people know the truth, the truth will set them free. Because then we'll actually see something happen. So we, our biggest duty is to expose this truth and say, the elected officials that are in the city of Johannesburg must be held accountable. And people must ask these questions to them to say, we have been hearing that rentals are collected. We ha have heard people say this. 
Why is this not being probed further? Has your whistleblower told you which party officials are involved in this? No, she has not told us which party officials. As I said, she is in fear of her life. So as a result of that, she has not mentioned any officials. But what we do know is that the officials that are in charge of the building, those should be the ones that are probed because they are in on it. And you're getting this from people on the ground as well? People in the buildings, yes. If you go to any building that has been hijacked, you try and look at who's staying in the buildings. The people that live in those buildings will inform you that we do pay rental. Now, I understand that the building that was gutted in the fire was once a shelter for abused women and children and that it was neglected by the city of Johannesburg to the point where it was able to be hijacked. So so the modus operandi, and I think we, we need to call it what it is, because when, when you say it, you sort of make it seem like there's some integrity to what is going on in the city. And that's not what's going on. What's going on is that these buildings are allocated to NGOs on paper, simply on paper, just as a paper exercise. And thereafterwards, this syndicate begins to collect rentals from anybody and everybody who wants to stay there. So illegal foreigners, anybody, even if you're an undocumented individual, people running scam syndicates. In one of these buildings, we were told that there was an employee syndicate being run where adverts were placed on uh, LinkedIn, on OLX, on Gumtree for employment. And people would get into these buildings with their CVs. Now, these are young people that are vulnerable and are looking for jobs. They'd be taken up the lift. When they get into that lift, they'd be robbed of their money, their possessions, their cell phones. And when they leave, they'd come back to say, I came in and I saw an advert online saying there's a job in this building. I came in and I was robbed. Who robbed me? And they were told that that room was just being used for that day. When they went back to the city to say, I was robbed in this building, the city said it belongs to an NGO. So as you can see, this syndicate continues. Some of these syndicates, they even say to people, we're selling stuff. So they'd go on Facebook Marketplace and you'd say you're selling your cell phone. You'd get to the building. When you get into that building, they'd hold you at gunpoint, take your cell phone. When you leave and you report the matter to the police, the investigation doesn't go anywhere because that room is not documented to anybody. So you really need to understand the magnitude of the criminality that's happening here. It's not just a small-scale criminal, criminal activity. It is politicians lining their pockets month after month. It's a big syndicate. They do crime. They commit horrendous things. Some of the people are reporting that in, in the middle of the night, the, their rooms are invaded by people they don't know that commit crime, and the syndicate continues. It's a whole concoction of criminality happening. What kind of rents are being collected? So different buildings have different amounts, but these rentals that are being collected, they, they are not proper rentals that are supposed to be collected. So in some of the buildings, we heard 1,800. We heard 2,000 rand. In some of the buildings, they refused to say. Some of the buildings, they said that they group each other and they all pray, pay specifically different amounts. So these amounts that are being collected all add up to a very big amount because, as you know, the buildings in Johannesburg are quite big um, in terms of the floors that exist. And these are just very, very, very dangerous buildings because there is no form of governance. There is no form of checking whether these buildings are actually supposed to be standing. And this continues. So what you're saying is that this tragedy could have been prevented? Definitely. Definitely. Good governance, good people that are doing their job, and, and I think for me, the big part about this is that city officials are paid month after month. We as a rise of Africa, 
what 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 sickens us to the stomach is that we've got officials that are just lining their stomachs every single month that sign documents that continue to say we've done our jobs that continue to hide behind saying that they've done their jobs and nothing actually happens when we have young qualified graduates that could be doing these jobs that could be ensuring that these things are fixed that are hindered from entering these markets because of these sort of people how can you as a party take this further so our hands are quite tied because we 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 receive a lot of hostility from people in the city even on that specific day when we went to the fireplace there were a lot of political parties that were asking questions to say why is arise here what are they doing here who are they representing here and we could tell by that sort of aggression that they didn't want us there because arise of africa is a political party that we've said to ourselves it's either we stand up and we become bold or we die in a country that's dying and we as young people we're young people that are realizing that if we don't stand up we will not have any country so we are the bold ones that are saying come what may we are willing to tell the truth and we are willing to stand by the truth we do not fear what they can do to us because young people on a daily basis are dying in this country at the hands of this wicked government so when we went there our biggest thing was to say we wanted the media to actually listen to what's going on on the ground so what we did is we listened to what the people on the ground were saying people not what the politicians were saying because we know the nature of the politicians that exist in the city that all they do is lie and cover up and come up with excuses so we listen to people that actually live in the area to find out what is going on and really what we're doing is we're conscientizing people to say when it comes to voting when it comes to election let us remember the 70 plus lives that died when it comes to actually registering to vote Let us remember what happened. Let us remember that these city officials that were in government getting paychecks every single month, their blood is on the line for the people that died and lost their lives because they are to be held responsible. Let us remember that many of them came in and held talk shows as politicians and gave excuses after excuses while people actually died. And it's important that we take these same uh, remembrance into the voting ballot to say these political parties that are represented in the coalition in the city of Johannesburg cannot be trusted they don't care for the lives of the people and they continue to do this at the expense of young people and south african citizens at large thank you that was mpodegada the president of arise south africa speaking to biz news about what he believes to be the causes behind the fire in which 77 people were killed thank you mpodegada thank you Thank you.